There ain't a podcast that's flyer You are now tuned in to Direct Misfire Benson, you and Selick Tell everyone to tune in Let's roll the dice, let me show you what we doing A fantasy war game, play it smart and you win What you know about the crystal pen and the retribution Hero, hero, giants and knights galore It's an adventure, this is Kings of War Let's go Champs, and welcome once again to another Direct Misfire Missive. I'm your host, Benson, and joining me today, as always, is Selick. Hello! As well as our number one fan turned co-host, Andrew. Hello! As we chat all things new in Kings of War. So pull up a seat, grab a drink, and let's get into it. Okay, so before we get the pleasantries out of the way, we should probably reintroduce the third voice on this podcast. Yes, in the absence of our beloved Hugh, we needed someone to fill the gap. So I put out an ad in the local paper, and wouldn't you know it, no one replied, because no one reads the paper anymore. So instead, we asked Andrew, and he said he had nothing better to do, and here he is. So welcome, Andrew. Welcome. And we apologize in advance. No, thank you for having me on. I'm, uh, yeah, the number one fan, and finally, you know, the dream has come true. I think we do need a new number one fan, though, now. Hmm. So, the uh, the space is there if anyone wants to step up, maybe. I don't know. Application's open. It's a pretty easy job. I don't think I actually had to do anything other than just be <laughs> very enthusiastic. Uh, long-time listeners might know Andrew from such previous episodes as, I think it was CanCon 2022, mm-hmm. and many such similar casts. So, you've been playing Kings of War for a while? I have. I've been playing Kings of War probably five odd years now, however long I've been in in Melbourne, which, yeah, is probably about five or six years. Playing war games before that? Oh, no, in a word. I guess, I, like many people, I played in high school and then there wasn't like a huge scene where where I used to live in North Queensland. And so I sort of lost it. And I went to uni and sort of did other things. Uh, But then, yeah, moved down and met you guys and was quickly introduced into Kings of War. Found out that there was other games other than the uh, big names that I'm sure everyone's aware Mm. of. And turns out that games like Kings of War are much better than those other games and was instantly instantly back into into it. Uh, Now you're winning tournaments. Yeah, you're winning tournaments. (laughs) Yeah, I think... Someone someone once said it's better to be lucky than good, and I'm the luckiest man in Kings of War, so that certainly <laughs> so, helps. So what armies do you play, mate? Primarily undead. I've been I've really been trying to branch out, and uh, I think we'll probably get to the Night Stalkers later on in the cast, but I do have about 2,300 points of them sitting undercoated, ready, ready to get on the table. And I have also played Bensom's Ogres. So is there any chance of you not playing an overpowered army? Oh, absolutely not, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> How um, else are you supposed to win tournaments? Like he just plays S and A by the sounds of this. Night Stalkers, <laughs> yeah. Ogres, and Undead. Jeez. Yep, top tier only. <laughs> well, welcome again, and we hope you enjoy your stay. So, so like, what are we talking about today? Fresh Night Stalker changes that have been dropped on us. We'll, we'll cover a couple of them. Uh, I'm not sure that we'll cover all the tiny little ones, but... Uh, the mm-hmm. first major one that most people know is that Spectres have been select all deleted. 
No more Spectres. And what were they? They were like the shooty boys. The only sort of shooting okay. unit that they had. So I like the Spectres. They, they were a good unit, but nobody ever used them, right? Yeah. Um, but either way, whatever those miniatures were, um, they can now be used into doppelgangers, I think was the advice from Mantic. So I think okay. that's... There was a couple of people that were a little bit upset with that, but I think by and large, it's it's not a massive deal. They do get effectively boomers. Uh, but with stealthy. Okay. So the Spectres have just sort of beefed up and now they've got a shorter range. Yeah, they're shorter range, obviously height height three. Mm-hmm. But I think this, everyone's talking this down and I'm not quite sure why. Because I find boomers are fantastic um, apart from they die uh, to shooting because they're a target and they have to move a couple of times to get in. But what if I said that I could give you boomers with higher nerve and stealthy for five more points. Overpowered. Yeah, I'd say that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> so these are Ravagers, they're called, yeah? They're Ravagers, yes, but let, let's yeah. be honest, they're boomers. But yes, uh, the Ravagers yeah. inside the list that you can find on the Companion app. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a couple of synergies here. I might cover right at the very end of our Night Stalker chat because I think there's a few people that are sort of glossing over these boomers without actually thinking of the synergies inside the list. Okay. But yeah, uh, thoughts on the new boomers, Andrew? I'm not, I'm not as big of a fan as you are i think <laughs> so you're in the negative camp i think i think boomers are a really hard unit to try and balance and get right i think they'll probably have a place they're certainly not bad uh and maybe you'll convince me with some of your synergies which you know unleash on me at the end and make me look silly on my first cast and everything no. but <laughs> i'm not excited for them okay well, that, that's all right. What about this next one is the Tormentors. Uh, so these guys here are effectively the River Guard Tree Leapers. But once again, they get a couple of little bit of extra niceness. So they obviously get their Mind Thirst. Uh, they mm-hmm. still get all the fly. They still move seven. But they now mm-hmm. hit on threes instead of fours. But their defense goes from four down to three. They get... A couple more attacks, so inside the troops they get 12 attacks, and inside the regiments they get 15 attacks, same nerf, so 10, 12, and 14, 16. The final thing that they get is this brand new rule called Leaper. That means effectively they're height 2, but when they're on the charge they count as if they're height 3, so that they can see over things, so they can effectively hide and then just charge whenever they want with their fly rule. So uh, that, that's pretty handy. The other thing that they do get, instead of Pathfinder, which obviously the Tree Leapers get, and they get in Snare as well, they get Strider, and they also get Stealthy, uh, which is obviously the army-wide rule. So they are a little yes. bit more points, though. They're 210 okay. in the regiment and 140 in the troops. And what are the Tree Leapers? Tree Leapers are 110 and 170. So it's 40 points. Okay. You get more attacks, Mind Thirst, Stealthy... Leaper special rule and strider, but obviously you don't get ensnare pathfinder. I think it's interesting mm. that you've com- compared these to Riverguard. What are yep. they? Riverguard um, tree leapers. <laughs> Riverguard <laughs> tree leapers. <laughs> yeah, you can tell I, I wasn't paying too much attention to to any other army than Night Stalkers when I was looking at these because <laughs> for me, <laughs> I'm comparing them just directly to Reapers, and they're a bit more expensive. They have one less defense. I think they're a cool unit. I think they're a very skillful unit that but they don't they don't jump out at they leap. Did you <laughs> say jump out? <laughs> they don't leap out at me to as the next yeah. the next hotness. Um, I reckon they're great. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and I'd love to uh, be a fly on the wall in the RC type conversation because they're going to be able to see all of the stats of who is picking what units. Um, mm. I think it's their price point starts to get a little bit squishy. So two hundred and ten points for a fourteen sixteen nerve unit that's defense three, irrespective of the stealthy. I think that's just as defensive as Reapers. Defense four to defense three doesn't really matter when yeah. um, most things are hitting you on threes anyway like wounding you on threes like they're still just going to disappear if something attacks them but you can hide them a lot better and they're much better at uh getting those cheeky flanks because of the mm. nimble that's the big thing between them and and reapers in my view but i think comparing them to the uh the, the frog people yep, tree leapers is probably yep. the better way to go are you ever taking a regiment of these yep you reckon? I think it's because you get the better pivot ah uh, uh, the yeah, it's harder to do on a troop. That's that's why I'm going to be frustrated and never play these properly because I don't think of <laughs> clever things like that. You're absolutely right. That is why you take the regiment because for the extra 70 points, for three extra attacks... Um, and two extra unit strength. Two extra unit strength is, is handy, but I don't see these guys sticking around all the way to the end of the game. But yeah, with Fly and Nimble, they're extremely good in this regiment and they can be hidden quite well, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, and a charge range of fourteen, hitting on threes. That's converting a lot. So um, it's pretty good. Yeah, if you get access to Bane Champ, which they do. Mm. And in an army full of dangerous monsters, like this is just one of many. Mm. Yeah, they're going to be a bag full of hammers, as Hugh would say. Yeah. Uh, next up, yeah. though, is apparently something that wasn't overly taken that often. So the Terror, they pretty much removed at stat line let's let's be honest they sort of reworked it quite heavily so okay. now that the terror i'll go with what it was and then what it's turned to if that makes sense so sure. it was a speed seven melee three defense three uh, monster or a titan it had yeah. 10 attacks it was fearless 19 uh, for mm -hmm. 250 points came with uh, crushing strength two ensnare mind thirst regen four plus stealthy and strider Mm. So, first up, it's dropped by 10 points. It's dropped one speed, so it's back down to speed 6. Maintains its melee 3+, plus, goes up one defense, up to 4+. plus. It now gets 12 attacks instead of the 10. Uh, and the nerve, it's no longer fearless, so it goes 18-19 nerve. And it gets the following rules. Crushing Strength 1, Ensnare, Mind Thirst, Regeneration 4+, plus, Stealthy, Strider, and the new Rampage, but with eight. That's ridiculous. Rampaging in, it's going to have 20 attacks. And if it gets a flank, that's, that's 40 attacks hitting on threes with crushing one. That's uh, that's that's disgusting. <laughs> the straight eight as well. Straight Defense eight. four with ensnare. Yeah, yeah that's a actually those... a really good call out, Andrew. It's a straight Region eight. Region four. Uh, yeah. How many times have, have you rolled your d6 for extra attacks and only got a one on the critical charge or flame charge it, all the time it's it's almost uh, murphy's law but mm -hmm. now you know that if you're if you're hitting the right target with your terror it's going to get an extra eight attacks terror indeed and i think it goes back to the bag of hammers it's going to be hard to target a terror with regen four plus at the start of the game and stealthy. With 18-19 nerve, you know you're not going to one-shot it with stealthy. So you're going to leave it alone, and then all of a sudden it's going to charge in with 20 attacks in your front. And you're going to counter... And then it has ensnare. And then you're going to counter-attack it, and it's got ensnare and now defense four instead of three. 
So it's going to be extremely hard to take off. It's one of the best Titans in the game. It, yes. Uh, I, I think it, it definitely goes straight up to that, and it is going to be included in the, the mega box or whatever they are. Um, so, yeah, oh, it's, I reckon right. we'll see terrors terrorizing us very shortly. I mean, speed six is a bit of a map, but who cares? Like, turn two, it'll be getting into combat if people are moving forward. Well, what you found with Night Stalkers anyway is they never moved quickly. So I think that that's going to happen again. Um, but now they've got some tastier, speedy rules as well with the Shadow Hounds. So the Shadow Hounds, the change is that they just get one extra rule. So they come out of the box with Mind Thirst, Nimble, Regen 5+, plus, Stealthy, and Thunderous Charge 1. Uh, but now, with no points increase at all, they now get this Ferocious Charge rule. So this means that unless they're like disordered, on the turn they charge, they make an unhindered charge, they get plus one to hit. So they're going to be hitting on threes hmm. with 20 attacks and Thunderous Charge one. So I was being a bit of a negative Nancy about our Tormentors and Ravagers, but I am so excited for this change. I think that this is just turning Shadowhounds into a really good piece in the Night Stalker list. I am... 100% going to be running a regiment of these with Helm of the Drunken Ram so that they're charging in, hitting on threes, thunderous charge, two, mm. and 20 attacks. I think getting around the, the terrain is going to be super important because it'll be very table dependent and you have to make sure that your your opponent isn't being savvy and forcing you to, to nip some walls or, or forests. In that build that you just made just then, Andrew, so... Uh, the Helm of the Drunken Ram, for the people that don't quite know, is it just gives you an extra plus one Thunderous Charge. So on this unhindered charge, 20 attacks, 3s to hit, Thunderous Charge 2 against the Defense 5, 8.89 wounds average against the Defense 5. That is huge. The Helm of the Drunken Ram's downside is exactly the same as the, the new rule as well, so yeah, sort of makes makes sense, I think. I think a lot of people are going to be thinking the same thing I am and, and putting that on, at least initially. There's no real downside to it, is there? So No. It's a free, not this one. You got not a free rule. Yeah. It's, it's gone from 190 yep. points to 190 points for the regiment um, for this unit. So yep. um, it is super tasty. And once again, it's going to come back to target saturation uh, for the Night Stalkers list. So it's literally going to have too many threats for you to actually take out. Uh, and you're going to mm -hmm. be throwing your lightning bolts and things up against the wall a little bit as well, trying to kill everything. So focusing down on one unit is just going to mean that a terror gets through, for example. So there was one other change uh, that i just call out here. It's the, the Mind Screech uh, and the Planar Apparition. So the Planar Apparition has been removed um, and it's sort of been amalgamated into the Mind Screech. So now instead of having two separate entities, they're the one monster that's called the Mind Screech and they've now just got two options. So one is the Singing Apparition, and that's where you get your Lightning Bolt 6, your Mind Fog 6, your Wind Blast 6, yeah. and that, that's obviously a free upgrade. Or you can choose the Planar Apparition, and that gets you Radiance of Life, Heal 7, and Mind Fog 2, obviously for free as well. I think what this does, though, is really stops the ability to have three Mind Screeches and three Planar Apparitions. It's going to limit you to uh, three of those sort of entities at that 2,000 point type limit. So... Um, an interesting change. I think that'll sort of mix up a few lists as well. Yeah, but that's all of our uh, sort of Night Stalkers. Where are we sort of thinking? We already had this up at S tier. 
It's still S. You, you can't, we can't go double S. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure we should do double S's anymore. Um, but, okay, yeah. S plus. S plus. Um, My hot take is that the rules committee have done a really good job with this update because a lot of the units that have got... Says so the Night Stalker player. <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah, of course I'm going to think it's a great idea, isn't it? Um, I think a lot of the units that have been been buffed were maybe not taken yeah. very much and all of the really good stuff has not not really been affected. So they've... Mantic is, is bringing out a range of new models which look fantastic, but they are bringing it out for a, an army that's already pretty good. Mm. You can't just make them even better what you want to, what they had to do was to yeah improve improve the units that weren't as good so that you were still excited to to get the new stuff and, and put it on the table i think they've they've done that mm-hmm. we have to take into account that night stalkers are like a flagship in the law of panathor so they are the ultimate mm. bad guys now. They probably just hurt the uh, forces of the Abyss's feelings about that. Well, <laughs> they yeah. got to up their game. Well, weren't they tormented by the Night Stalkers as well? I don't know. I, haven't I think it. so. I Not think the so. latest stuff. I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think overall that's pretty good. So I want to talk very, very, very quickly, just because we've got a lot of content to get through tonight, just around some of the synergies that I hope has been play tested. I'm sure they have been. Uh, but mm-hmm. just around historically, the Spectres were the only shooting threat. Now with the Ravagers having that sort of boomer type unit. Yeah, they've also got quite good access to Enthrall. And they've also got quite good access to Windblast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there is quite a possibility of getting two units of these sort of boomer-esque type units. Putting them just outside of 12 which is where everyone's going to park, right? They're, they're going to be a little bit defensive, not get inside that 18-inch so that they can move and sh- be shot at, and then lure them into range and then blow out, uh, push out with Wind Blast, any other unit that's going to counter it. And two hordes of, of uh, Ravagers will actually delete a unit. What's that, like 10, 10 wounds, something like that? Mm. And I know that it sounds like, oh, yeah, but that's a gimmick, so like, that'll only happen once. Um I think with the wind blast having access to it on not just a giveaway unit, so it's also a, a quite a speedy unit that's going to be helpful in the counter charges. I think that can actually like cause some massive issues to a really good player that's good at those sort of shenanigans. Um, the other thing is that a lot of these units that we're seeing here that have lowered in crushing strength, it's also an army that's got pretty good access to uh, bane chant. You can effectively make some of these units, like those shadow hounds, for example, delete units. But that's sort of where I'm going to go. I'm going to be playtesting just with a couple of friends, just around some of those sort of shenanigans that I've mentioned, because mm-hmm. I'd be pretty keen to see how that works out outside of Theory Hammer. Yeah, I mean, the horror is one that casts Bane Chant. It's only speed six, so it has to sort of get in there for those uh, Shadow Hounds to really do some work. But I mm. guess, yeah, yeah, you'll have to playtest and report back. Uh, so I guess that's how Mantic are now going to be releasing all of these new units. So it's really trying to get units to the market. So there's not going to be this giant big hold. Um, they're going to say, hey, we've got some new toys. Let's get them out to the market. Here's the rules on the companion app. Just go do it. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. And I think that's a better way to do it because you don't want to be waiting a year for like the, the updates. It's 
you get excited for a good few months and then it starts to trickle through as you get used to it and there's nothing new coming out and interest starts to wane a bit. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. How, how do they, has it been said how often these sorts of things will be released? These little updates? I don't think they're like, they're not going through like uh, scheduled releases. I think it is literally going to be when it's ready and the playtesting and the rules committee have all gone through and they've said, yeah, this is great. Uh, obviously, mm. the production side, the miniatures have all been done, uh, which is the only way that Mantic will do it. They're not going to be releasing new units without miniatures for them, is my understanding. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's wise as well. They're not just going to create a unit for somebody else to go and 3D print off uh, some other range. They're going, hey, this is our mm. range. This is This is how you can support Mantic. Um, and I think that's a good way to do it. Yeah. Where are those bloody abyssal dwarf circuits? <laughs> well, we'll have to chase Every episode until it happens. <laughs> so uh, it's there is some dwarfs on the way, though. Um, so I think next up, which is relatively soon in inverted commas, um, I'm not really sure when, um, but the route, they are rumoured to have a little bit less changes than what we've seen and talked through with the Night Stalkers, um, but they will still be getting dwarves on those ravens that have been mentioned a few times, um, and that's coming mm-hmm. in for Northern Alliance and the Free Dwarves. So it's going to really adjust that army quite heavily, having a lot more movement uh, inside that space. Mm. So it's going to be tasty to sort of review as well. Um, it's probably a good segue, actually, into the Mantic Vault. Okay. Um, so, so what is the Mantic Vault? I'm a proud subscriber of it as well. So mm. it's a monthly subscription where they you subscribe, get STLs for a whole range of Mantic products. Hold up, hold up. What's mm-hmm. an STL, the, mate? Oh, an STL is a 3D printing file. Okay. So for those of you out there with 3D printers, you'll probably know all this, but they, they come in the file... <laughs> Standard triangle language. Okay, so it's just a 3D printing file. So effectively, Mantic's got a subscription-based 3D model range now that you can pay to subscribe and print out at your leisure. That's right. They'll be releasing, yeah, monthly uh, with all sorts of things. I think they've released pretty much their entire Armada starter set for the... Was it Orcs and Basileans? Yep, that's it. Uh, already? And and then some, because the starter set didn't come with the little small boats, the sloops oh, or whatever. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you get extra. Yeah. But also in that they're releasing a lot of their add-on kits for for the Kings of War. So mm-hmm. I've, not, I've not had to chase these down, but a lot of the more specialized infantry required resin upgrade packs, which were... I understand an absolute nightmare to get a hold of. They were very expensive. They didn't make Mantic any money because they were a pain in Mantic's butt to actually cast the resin and and distribute. So they've said, stuff it. We'll put it in the vault. You do it yourself. (laughs) It's a good product. Good option. If they sell plenty of their base models, you print off the small little upgrade packs, then... They've sold a whole bunch of their base models. Fantastic. Mm. That's exactly what they want. Mm. And the the vault is pretty reasonably priced. What, what is the price in Australia? 12, 13, 15, something like that. Yeah, so, something like that. And that includes your your gold level subscription okay. to Mantic Companion, which I was already I was already subscribed to that. So for me it was a no-brainer to to jump on the vault, even though I don't have a resin printer. Well, I've got one and if you need it, need it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, l- luckily you, 
luckily most people at least know someone with a resin printer <laughs> yeah. these days. So, how are you going, Bensom? Yeah. <laughs> so, if we do wind back the clock, uh, we actually sat down with Ronnie, uh, what, probably about two years ago, Bensom. Uh, and mm. we did discuss like business model changes uh, on the cast. And that was heavily talking about the impact of 3D printing on the wargaming, I guess, scene at that stage, which was just mm-hmm. starting to happen. It wasn't in full flight like it is now, um, but we had just started to notice that certain ranges were starting to produce some really good STLs. Um, so Mantic mm. is actually, uh, I think, Andrew, you mentioned it earlier, they've jumped straight in. They're one of the forefront leaders of saying, you know what, we're in this market already, uh, but we're not actually participating in the 3D uh, miniature space. So let's just jump in. Um, so I think they've they've done it in a, in a good way. Uh, the subscription model is it's going to always have mixed opinions across the rest of the community, but I think the way that Mantic's done it is quite quite good. Um, the I guess the the pitfalls that come with this change is always going to be can they release it frequently enough and the emphasis now goes away from good quality miniatures to good quality files um so and they're gonna start to compete against other markets inside that 3d printing space now with their quality of uh, sdls so i'm quite interested to see how that all works out for mantic and obviously i wish them all the best Hmm. same and having uh, had a look at those those stls they're pretty good quality all right, so that's Mantic Vault. What I did want to have here is there was a giant thread on uh, the Fanatics just around, and I'll paraphrase it because it was too big, but Kings of War, is it getting too complicated for new people with all of these army-specific rules? Andrew, what is your thoughts? Is it too complicated for newbies? No. Next question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. I do understand. I, I, was, I saw that thread and... Um, you know, commented and thought a bit about it. I, I, I get what the poster was getting at, that we are adding some new rules and some, some new flavor. And that does come at the expense of making things slightly a bit more complicated. And that if you pick up a list and you're not aware of what the leaper rule means and you think that leapers, they, that, what are they called? Tormentors can't see you and all of a sudden they, have this special rule that's on no one, no other unit and it jumps out from behind and gets you in the flank and that could be a bit feel bad. I just don't see it as a huge problem. I think the flavor that we're getting with rules like that is so important for the game and its development and uh, getting, getting more people excited about it. When you see those special rules, they give a unit an identity. And your thoughts, Benson? Yep, I am in complete agreement i think um the game is still quite simplistic it's not overly complex and really if you're a newbie you're not going to know what anything is anyway and with so many armies out there you're not going to remember it also what what's one extra or maybe three extra rules per army it'll just be like learning a new army anyway so it's it's fine a lot of a lot of armies are using special characters which all have their own unique yeah. rules. So I think most of the time you probably want to ask your opponent, Oh hey, what's what's this one do? What's that one do? There's there's only a handful to to go through in any one list. So And like you were saying, Andrew, individual rules are great for giving a unit's identity and flavour and character. 
Yeah, which, which is, is unique. And we've been uh, massive advocates of that on this cast. Um, mm. I think as they, as long as they don't go overboard and every unit has a new, uh, new sort of rule that they've got to come in. Like we wouldn't want to see everyone having like the leaper rule and um, like the ferocious mm. charge, etc. Like we don't want a hundred different ones. But uh, I think as you've sort of mentioned, three or four max in an army, you'll be able to pick that up. Uh, pretty easily or even something like the goblins having a few more because like we want them to be wacky and sort of Mm. a bit different um but yeah as long as they don't go too overboard and i have a pretty good trust in uh obviously the current and the past rules committee that has been sort of working on this to to get it right um in saying that i do understand where that that original post came from uh, and i think it's a genuine sort of line of inquiry you're going to be focusing on the new stuff as well like it's going to be in your mind, so you're not going to get caught out. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but yeah, let, let's try and make sure that new players are sort of supported all the way. Uh, don't just blast them in the flank and then go, oh yeah, that's this rule. Um, talk and always tell people about your crystal pendant. Make sure they know <laughs> that which unit has it. <laughs> oh no, that that's an exception. <laughs> if you're taking crystal pendant, you keep that secret. <laughs> You already planned 50 points down, come on. (laughs) Uh, So the other one that's probably going to be a little bit quicker, uh, War Machines. Are they good enough uh, in, obviously, if we look at majority of armies, let's generalize here, are they still worth taking? Because we're starting to see them drop off from a lot of lists. So War Machines, still good or not good enough and need a little bit of a, a nudge in the right direction? This is. I feel like this is always going to be an issue. You can't bump them up because then everyone will be spamming them. That's the problem. They're not very good individually unless they're very specific, unique pieces like the Goblin Morpuff Launcher because it's not super damaging. It's sort of helping your own army and you don't want to really want to spam those things. But the Catapults, you don't want to take one of them because the chance to hit isn't all that great. But if you take a whole bunch of them, it averages out and they can do something and spike and take units off. So, But if you increase the effectiveness of that to make a single War Machine better then three is going to exponentially increase its power. Hmm. Yep. I, I agree They're fine. <laughs> I, think that it's, I think there's a weird sort of balance uh, with War Machines without changing the selection rules for them and the way that you build your army. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you could introduce a new rule, haha, but like if you had <laughs> the rule battery, like if you take multiple of the same sort of thing, then the number of attacks average out to a, a certain number, like, I don't know. So instead of three attacks each, maybe they drops down to uh, six or seven total. Something mm. like that. So almost like diminishing returns on yeah. each selection. Yeah. Or just keep it's, it like just a formation. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. They're either, they're, they're either too good or not good enough to be super competitive i think they're fine at the moment and to be honest i don't want them to be really good that everyone you don't want them wants to take a heap of them yeah they're they're very they're a bit unique in kings of war that they're largely immobile and they don't have any unit strength and that sort of thing so uh, just sitting at the back and and lobbing their flaming skulls at people is not what I want a unit to be doing. It doesn't excite me. And, you know, maybe it does other people. What if you flip that though, Andrew? Like when you've got, let's go with two, 
screaming skull catapults or whatever they're called these days. Uh, you've got two against you. Do you fear it? No. You don't? Not unless a unit is damaged. And then you're thinking, all right, so one stray hit could take them out. As a, a an elf player, a power gamer, um, they terrify me. Because my units are so expensive, I have literally had these things delete uh, a unit in a turn. Uh, obviously not my hordes, but um, yeah, some of the, the smaller... Just uh, standard 14, 16. Yeah, 14, 16 sort of guys. 13, 15. Like they pin them down like in one turn. They just do enough wounds mm. and they spike on that first turn that you inevitably lose as an elf player. I think that's a good argument for why they they are They're fine. pretty good as, <laughs> at, at the moment. Yeah, because they do... You need to respect them and play around them a little bit. But you don't want them to be so good that everyone's taking them and you always have what's kind of a bit of a feel-bad moment where it's just... Yeah, a few uh, flaming skulls land on your head and delete a unit. It is. I'm not sure because I don't really play with war machines all that often. Has the do you know if the uh, the rule to make it easier to get that negative to hit from a war machine is that made much of an impact? What like the, the uh, concealed and the obscure? The... Yep. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it it has. So because you're not getting cover now. Uh, when you've just got a unit that's in a way, but you can still see it, so they don't get cover. Um, so yeah, it's slightly more consistent. Obviously, you're not hitting on sixes more times than not. You are hitting on five, so it is for, definitely a little bit for the bolt there. thrower type of war machine. Like, so, that I feel like they're rarely taken. Yeah, they need they need some improvement. Bolt throwers, I never see. I'm a, I'm slightly afraid of catapults, but yeah, bolt throwers just seem to be crap. Bolt throwers did get a little bit of love though. Uh, they dropped in ten points across the board, uh, but they're still yeah. not being seen. Well, it's because mm. it's only ten points, and it's not it's still a waste of points. Like they're not all that effective. Mm. Uh, I think it is because of the the line of sight thing. So mm. you're hitting on fours and fives generally with the bolt throwers. Uh, but you are getting the things that you can see in the front, so you can't lob like you can. And particularly over the last, let's be honest, 12 months, there's been a lot more Night Stalker armies coming in, and that sort of stealthy uh, list has been quite prevalent in the scene, so it's hard to spend points on on units that you're not getting uh, return on investment. With that Ogres, the Ogres are pretty popular as well, and they've got that stealthy aura with um, one of the, the upgrades. Ah uh, yeah, from the boomer chariots, they get uh, yeah that yep for sure. I don't think we'll be seeing any less night stalker armies in the in the near <laughs> no, future. It's going to get worse. <laughs> but it's actually a good segue uh, into tournaments. I want to have a, a quick chat Ooh. about tournaments around the world, uh, and I'm going to start off with one that I actually really, really, really—that's three reallys—want to attend, and that's the really? Northern Kings Grand Tournament up in Leeds in the the United Kingdom. So over mm-hmm. in England. Uh, so these guys, they ran with 39 really high quality players and obviously Rob Berman was there to make up the 40. Um, uh, I just want to whip through. <laughs> Savage. Uh, just went through the top 10s here because I actually found the difference in the factions uh, quite interesting. Uh, so taken out first is uh, Paul Burke, and I won't go through all the names, but Paul Burke did yeah. win with the Basilians, Basilians, uh, did Basilians had a very Australian twang on that. Uh, he did that <laughs> in a clean sweep, five five wins. Um, second up, Empire of Dust, Order of the Brother Mark, Rift Forge Orc. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness we're starting to see those somewhere. 
dwarves. Oh, those 3D printed Hellstriker armies will be <laughs> doing the round soon. <laughs> soon enough. Dwarves come in at fifth. Ratkin slaves. Ratkin coming in eighth. Ripforge orcs again, so two times in the top mm-hmm. ten. Dwarves and then Trident realms. Uh, so that's what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight unique armies in the top ten over there in that. And it's it is a high quality field to be fair. Nice variety. Yeah, it's a great variety. How many of how many of those were direct misfire S tier armies? Well, we don't. We didn't map. Oh, not not S. Very many. No, A tiers. I would say that we had Basileans. I think I had Empire of Dust, Ratkin, and I think I had Trident Realms. Didn't I? From memory, I don't know. But uh, yeah, like I mean, at at that sort of. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, high quality field, but interesting sort of list. Um, Big ups, big ups to that Ratkin slave player. What what list was yeah? So was just, just from slaves? memory, uh, he was running a lot of chariots. So it was super super ah, fast. That one, yeah, yep. So um, yeah, did well considering what do we have them down at like C's and D's. Yeah, uh, they, but, they're right down the bottom, and they're still right down the bottom. It doesn't change my mind. They're, yep, they're, good player plan them. Though. Army diversity is rubbish. <laughs> All right, so so that was obviously the UK's. Now, this is an Australian podcast, so we're going to pop over to Brizcon, which is. Uh, Queensland's biggest tournament over there. So I think they had like 25 odd players. Uh, I'll go through once again. So with the dwarves taking this one out, so Grant Spence went over and uh, took it out. Then elves, kingdoms of men, forces of nature, Varangur, salamanders, forces of nature again, northern alliance, brotherhood of the the green lady, and then ratkin coming in at 10th. So once again, what's that's, going on? That's uh, why is there so many different armies? I know, right? It's, how great yeah. is this? You don't see this, um, not in the top ten. Usually, there's some sort of weird skew, but I just want to yeah. point out S tier that we had. We had pretty much united across S tier, being uh, Night Stalkers. Night Stalkers not in any of these top twenty so far. They're brewing. They're brewing. <laughs> All right, so then we jump down into New South Wales, once again in Victoria, ShireCon. Uh, so this was uh, a, a nice little tournament there. Uh, Paul Collins took it out with goblins. Elves came in second, forces of nature, dwarves, and undead finally come in at fifth. So that's the mm. first undead that we've actually talked about and the first goblins we've talked about. How many undead were there in the field, though? In the UK one, this is all off memory, I don't have it all on me. Uh, I think there was only one or two in that entire field. Um, I think there was two at BrizCon and one or two at ShireCon. Because I feel like like, some of these older armies that are quite well established, people have sort of had their time with them and they're moving on to other things and that's probably why you're not seeing them because Mm. they're not bad, they're just being... They've had their time in the sun, so they move on. Yeah, well, I'm I'm in that boat myself. Uh, so I played hmm. I played twelve months of one army, and then I rotate. Uh, so for this last rolling twelve months, it's the elves time with the elves. Uh, but previous to that, it was mm-hmm. undead. So I think I like came in podium a few times uh, over that twelve months with the undead, but they're hmm. passing the torch over to the other undead. Uh, for the Victorians over in Australia, we've got convict coming up. On the 15th and the 16th of July, so that's uh, 2,150 points. Six mm-hmm. games across two amazing days down in Melbourne. We've got beer at <laughs> 1960s prices. We've got a free barbecue. 
uh, it's gonna be fantastic. The jingle yep, together for that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what, what, else what more? <laughs> what more could you possibly say? Um, <laughs> I was already excited. I'm double excited after that sales pitch. <laughs> I can't wait. No, it's, it's gonna be really, really good. If you can't get down to both days, um, we understand. Don't. <laughs> yeah, don't. Uh, we understand that you just can't possibly get to both days off in some family sort of situations mm. but uh yeah if you can still snag one of the days off and come down you can still sign up obviously you don't pay the full 50 bucks uh, but all of that details can be found on the uh, kings of war australia page uh, and the kings of war victoria page sign up yell out we getting can put some good on. numbers yeah i think we're up to about 30 30 odd now 30 plus um so yeah it's going to be a, a good one if you're into your masters and all of that nonsense um, it's good points there, but if you're just after some like uh, six really good games uh, against some pretty cruisy opponents, then that's also that's what I've gone know, for. Good, good sort of spot. <laughs> just don't get too high, right? Don't get too high. Um, <laughs> too close to the sun. If you can't make it all the way down to Victoria, though, um, there is also the very next month, at the 12th of August, uh, there's a two-day uh, castle assault um, up in New South Wales. I don't know the exact details there. Castle. Oh, yes. Uh, Castle hmm. Assault is on the 12th of August. It's a uh, two-dayer in New South Wales. Um, but Clarkie is uh, running that one. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, feel free to sign up. Trying to get numbers here and support uh, interstate if you can. It's really, really good in a post-COVID world to get out and about. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. What else you got for us? That's it. Oh, all right. That's pretty good. Whew. Uh, I do apologise. That was a lot of me talking without you. <laughs> well, someone's got to fill his boots. I oh, know. <laughs> I do a lot of talking at work and I just sort of get here and say, mm, let's just listen to everyone now instead of <laughs> using the microphone. <laughs> yeah, for, I guess finally, well, um, it would be try and do this a little bit more often. Um, and we'll try and get some more content out for everyone. So if you do have, that, yeah, if you do have any sort of controversial things you need us to mention anonymously, you just send it on through and I'll bring it up. Yeah, if you've got a hot take, send it through. We'll shout it out on a uh, on the cast anonymously on your behalf, <laughs> and uh, you'll have a good time. Or if you want just a, a, sh- a call out, you know, if you don't want to be anonymous and you want to really <laughs> stick it up someone, <laughs> send that through too. Yeah, yep, go for it. Yeah. We'll take any comments. No one ever sends anything through. <laughs> well, we have been a little bit uh, quiet over the last 12 months, so that that's a bit fair. Um, I do want to have a bit of a yeah. call out here, just with the Mantic Vault information. I know that we sort of glossed over that, but uh, Goonhammer have done a good blog uh, that you'll be able to sort of do a quick quick search and find. Um, yeah, have mm-hmm. a read of that. It's, it's pretty handy as well with some information, and obviously Mantic's got all their information as well. Cool. All right. Well, with that... Welcome once again, Andrew, for to the a more permanent position on the car. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so enthusiastic. <laughs> All right, and I guess we will, according to Selick, see you sooner than we usually speak to you. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. See ya. Thanks, all. Bye. See ya. Thank you for tuning in with my team Make sure you follow on Facebook and Twitter Yes indeed, more than a game It's a lifestyle, yes sir Hope you realize that the math hammer doesn't work <laughs> We give the people what they desire Australian war gaming podcast, direct misfire You don't wanna miss a thing Yeah, we got plenty more If you're ready, let's go Stay tuned, that's for sure Hey.